Sassa, that song was on there. Hi. We're gonna make it. it. We're back. And we're back. Throw your hat up in the air. We're back. For the Girls Podcast Season 3. Cue the fireworks. Cue the sparklers. Cue the enormous paper mache swan. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. I'm Nick Westrate. I'm Jason Black, and we're just sitting on this right now, but we have Betty White. As our guest today on the podcast, <laughs> welcome everybody, Betty. Wouldn't that be fucked up? <laughs> welcome back. If you're new to us, this is the world's internationally renowned gay diva podcast where LGBTQ fans come together to talk about the women who were our representation in media for the decades in the 20th century when we didn't have representation in the media. Yes, that's right. We're a queer stand cast bringing you light and love. Um, if you're new to us and this is shocking, we're here to let you know that this is the beginning of our third season because it's shocking it to us. It's, I can't believe it. This is our third time around the sun and we're real happy to be alive still, aren't we? None the wiser, but still alive. That's what I say. Definitely not. Absolutely Definitely. none the wiser. <laughs> Who is this podcast for? Who should be tuning into this, Jay? This podcast is for our corn-fed Midwestern mamas. This is a podcast for your mom's best friend who gives God-tier level advice. This podcast is for all the ones we sent to the Bone Gardens. This is a podcast for tap-dancing embalmers. This is a podcast for smoking inside. Anywhere inside. (laughs) (laughs) This is a podcast for moms who heart beer. Heart beer. This is a podcast for moms who learn how to open beer with their claw. That's right. That's right. Here we come. Here we come. Loud and clear. We finally made it to Minnesota to do. We've been promising you on so many episodes that we would do Drop Dead Gorgeous. And here we are. We're the first ever gay podcast to talk about Drop Dead Gorgeous. That's right. That's right. And we're and the first people ever to name it a cult classic that everyone has memorized the lines to. We're starting a trend. No, we're not. We're absolutely very, very late to the game. But whatever. But- we're bringing our game anyways. <laughs> that's that's our that's our way that's our oeuvre <laughs> we so we we you know we were talking about doing a third season we're like let's bring it back strong and our second season nick really wanted to bring a strong one so and he didn't remember this and i i was just kind of letting him go with the vibe he's like let's do the bodyguard and i i think i slight i <laughs> kind of told you all right babe but it's not maybe the grand old diva hit that you remember <laughs> And we that were episode is it. a hit, though. It, it, yeah, and we were taping it in our in a bunch. I remember, and I remember we were like, "Okay, let's watch this." And we watched it on my bed because I was like, "I can't sit up for one more second. <laughs> You're like, "That's dark. You haven't even sat up." And so I forced you on my bed to watch the bodyguard. Oh, oh, that was back when we could cuddle on beds together. Last time we saw each other a year ago. A year ago a when year we were ago, like right now. Cooking. Yeah, I know. How have you been? I mean, we haven't seen each other since season two. It's been since <laughs> December, right? <laughs> yes. We just went on a, a nice we COVID vacation. Done anything. We, we both talked. we both flew to we flew to Puerto Vallarta. Oh, okay, but we did it safe, <laughs> you guys. We double masked. Chill the fuck we out. We double masked and tested. Oh my God! Can you imagine? Lies. We have not left the house, and but we have not taken a break for real. Not taken a break. Yeah, this yeah, this isn't like this isn't like we gave you Miss Santa Claus and then we have done nothing since. We've actually (laughs) we've continued doing what we do during this time, which is just making more iconic episodes. And in fact, 
Uh, you heard it first. Well, actually, the Patreons heard it, but we have gone international. We have. We have gone really international for you this season. We are bringing you fans from around the globe. We have um, a fan next week from France. Uh, we have fans coming on from Ireland and the United Kingdom, all over the place. And so we're going to ask you for some love and forbearance if the sound quality on some of that isn't as beautiful as you're used to. And it, yeah, it's not. It's not as beautiful. It's a little bit of a rougher thing, but it's kind of it's kind of fabulous. And hey, we flowed. We worked with the times, and it's been kind of right. fabulous because we've been able to find people that aren't situated in either LA or New York city. And it's kind of opened yeah. up for the girls uh, world a little bit. It's, it's, it's I awesome. Know. I love it. It's really, yeah. It's one of the silver linings of the podcast. We're so excited about everything that's going to be coming at you this season. We are hitting Mount Rushmore in a very serious way. And if you don't know what I mean by Mount Rushmore, I mean, those really, really huge divas that you're like, I can't believe they haven't covered this person yet. We're covering them. We're getting there this season. You're going to be so excited. I'm not going to tell you who, but if you want to know who and your anticipation is driving you crazy and you want to know the secrets to what might be coming on this podcast, where where could those people go, Jay? Where could they go to get the behind the scenes tea and hear all sorts of extra fun stuff? Where did Oprah interview Megan and Harry, Discovery Plus? That's right, folks. We too. <laughs> have our own sponsorship with Discovery Plus where we give them all the behind the teach all the tea. Mm-hmm. Do you have to buy Discovery mm-hmm. Plus? Is that a you thing? Do. Jesus Christ. You do. Well, I, listen, my sister got it and she shared her password with me. Thanks, Molly. They, uh, sisters, sisters always coming through. Well, listen, just like Discovery Plus, you might, you're going to have to fork up some coin because that's right. We are on the mm-hmm. Patreon. We started the Patreon during the pandemic, y'all, to try and pandemic make this beauty Patreon. happen. And it's been mm-hmm. a real roller coaster. It's been, a, it's like a, it's a real, if you know, you know, kind of situation in which uh, we take the very few restrictions that we have on the main podcast off and just really fly. And I'll tell you what, I have the time of my life on these things because they're so fun. Uh, they're so hilarious. I doubt them intensely. And, and <laughs> we, yeah, I we love have been them. making them all through this hiatus. So if you're one of our battle angels who is on Patreon and giving us that extra $7 a month, A, we want to say thank you and we love you. And B, we want to invite other people to come to uh, patreon.com front slash for the girls podcast. You're going to get so many additional episodes. Like what did we cover while we were away? Dick starring our Kiki Dunst and our MeWe. We covered a Glenda Jackson TV movie from PBS. We covered Leia Salonga live at the Sydney Opera House that was also on PBS. And we have a series. We have uh, exclusive Glenn Close content on the Patreon. And we have a new series called Retouched by an Angel. And if you think, you know, on the main, like Nick said, we are knocking out some major Mount Rushmore divas. But let me tell you, sweeties, we get real esoteric over on the Patreon. So if you want to, we are, there is no end in sight to our deep dive of made for TV movies starring some of the most iconic women of the 20th and 21st centuries. So if Mm -hmm. that is not an enticing pitch, honeys, I don't know what is. We're, we're, I'm Josh, but it truly it's it's very helpful. 
uh, it's really it's what keeping us uh, keeping this podcast and us afloat and us t- able to continue. And hopefully, when the world does open back up, we will be able to uh, help get more of these fabulous guests with that with that Patreon help. Truly, like all of this is going Truly, back we- into us making this podcast. Yes, yes. What else, babe? Do you have diva news? Yeah, do you have do updates you, you want What's to tell going the people? On? What's happening? I, mean, I don't. We're we're taping this right before the Grammys, so we can't tell you anything about the Grammys. But we hope you all had a good time watching it. I do have a diva update, though, for our our bookworm divas. My dear, beautiful friend Jen Silverman published her first novel a couple months ago. It's called "We Play Ourselves." I fucking love it. I devoured it so quickly. It's about a playwright who gets canceled and moves to LA and she starts uh, working with a filmmaker who's making like a girls fight club with these teenage girls who get together and beat each other up. Mm. And it's a really, really great book. And I think everyone should go out and buy it. That's good diva news. Yeah. It's all, it's just a very like female uh, centered book with lots of amazing female characters written by a great queer woman. And yeah. So that's my plug. That's my book plug. Babe, my diva news is that I've had my catalytic converter stolen for the third time. <laughs> which three is a lucky number, so thank you very much. <laughs> I My hair is so long. It's like that, fucking Mad Max out there in LA. Honey, uh, Matt, talking about Mad Max, my hair is so long, it looks like I'm auditioning for the to play Hagrid in some <laughs> some off-Broadway production. <laughs> Nick's is giving me a smile and because he knows it's fucking true it does I can see myself in this fucking camera it's fine it's you beautiful you also look like Mel Hagrid. Gibson in Mad Max thank you um, and a uh, true blue update uh, thank you all battle angels who wrote me and uh, sent support and love for my mom who was battling this horrible virus uh, update on that is she's doing amazing she uh, had to spend probably about a month in rehab and now she's home and uh, she's slowly weaning herself off of her oxygen tank. I think she'll be down to one liter by this week or next after one liter, there's nowhere else to go, but off. So yes, yes, I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. I am so happy. Uh, That's my main girl. And so that's really one of my uh, most, Oh my gosh, this is kind of not real diva news, but um Friend of the podcast, Mickey. Uh, my girl, Mickey, just sent me a photo. She was on a walk. And she sent me a photo of this crate. And inside the crate had essentially all of our For the Girls VHSs. <gasps> no. And I just had to. So there was all of, there was Eve's Bayou, which, yes, sweeties, we will get to. It was my favorite movie for, like, mm-hmm. all of my time. In the VHS collection was Mermaids. There was Beaches. There was For the Boys. What else was there, my girlfriend? But Elaine Stritch at Liberty on VHS. <gasps> on VHS? <laughs> there was wow. just It was just a, there was just a wow. plethora. And, and I, it's literally, like, talking the about... Gays, a, the gays who were still committed to their VCRs in like 2008 when that came out. That's amazing. No, that I guess it was beautiful? like 2003. 2003. 2003. You, you, it was on the, you would still have that. And so I had to do the most heart-wrenching thing but say no. Because I will say if I did win a million dollars I would I would I would absolutely have an entire wall of VHSs and a VHS player. 
but I don't. And I and I I had to just appreciate the picture, appreciate the sentiment. She took the picture and called me right away to be like, "Do I need to do I need to snag this box?" And it was. It, <laughs> will you put the Will you put the picture up on our stories I on will. our Instagram? And it was heart wrenching to uh, have to say no, but I'm going to share this share that on the podcast to say just today oh. as a good omen, uh, someone spotted. That- our moldy VHS collection. That is a collection. good omen. Yeah. Oh, our actual moldy VHS collection. On the day that we're taping a moldy VHS collection I know, episode. I know, I know. So it was... Oh, that's a good omen. That is taking us oh, right into right. it. Feeling right. We're Feeling so happy right. to be back. Yeah, yeah, we are. Okay, baby girls. Here we go. Let us take us back. Let us... I don't... I, I wouldn't presume to know the ages of anyone listening to this podcast. But I'm going to take you back to when we were in our teens and a very, actually, very precious, precarious time. Uh, and you yes. know, that was a very sensitive time. The time that I'm speaking of was July 1999. And we were on the edge of the new millennium. Historians will call this year one of the all-time best for cinema. In fact, there are a whole bunch of think pieces out talking about just that. Two years ago. And like a proper Four of the Girls episode, we were late to the game. But that's never stopped us before. No, ma'am, it hasn't. Um, so 1999, you're looking at this idea of um, the peak of U.S. cinema being The Matrix and Varsity Blues, Magnolia, Dogville, uh, Being John Malkovich, Three Kings, and of course, male critics everywhere's favorite movie of all time, David Fincher's Fight Club. Yeah, the the ringer named that their the favorite film, and they kind of were trying to, they were kind of trying to, I think, say like, was this a prophecy for for all of the ills to come? You know, like the oh, and 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 to see it as like you know as and and somewhat of the that light, you know, like this mm. was a true prediction for the next twenty years. Um, right. it, but really what this year was, was it was all about, really this was like one of the last bastions of original content. This wasn't some regurgitated Disney shit. This was a bunch of kind of a tours making, making some movies. But there's also some diva movies that for the girls could do. We had Jawbreakers. We had Election. We had the House of Roberts classic, Notting Hill. How do we feel about Notting Hill? I'm not a huge Notting Hill person. I think it kind of starts the beginning of uh, Julia's pouty, depressing period, which is not my favorite Julia, but I'm okay with it. And I feel like I rewatched it recently, and she doesn't actually talk that much in the film. It's more of a Hugh no. Grant rom-com than a Julia yeah. Roberts rom-com, which I'm not yeah, here she... for. Give me back to my best no. friend's wedding, please. But, yes, but there thank was, you. But there's also a, one of our Kiki favorites, The Virgin Suicides. I've never seen. Oh, that, that could be a fun, like, watch party. Oh, but not that mm-hmm. fun, though, because they all die. Um, <laughs> they all die. <laughs> Spoiler. And, and in that same year, Kiki also did uh, Dick. Which we covered where? On the Patreon, my darlings. On the Patreon, patreon.com front slash for the girls podcast. You can get that episode and we dive into everything Nixonian and the Kiki and the MeWe of it all. Wow, she did Dick. Virgin Suicides and Drop Dead Gorgeous in one year. I mean, what a banner. What a banner. Year. And she still and she still doesn't have an EGOT? Explain that to Explain me. that. Also explain, I just think it's like one of these like things that I'm glad we have this podcast and I'm glad that gays exist uh, to like sing Kiki's praises because every time someone like has to do one of those awful, disgusting think pieces on if women are funny in comedy, no one brings up the genius that is Kirsten Dunst. 
Uh, that makes me crazy. And it also makes me crazy that nowhere on any of those fucking lists does anyone add our pick for the Sarah Rose Cosmetic Mount Rose American Teen Princess Pageant Greatest Movie of All Time, Drop Dead Motherfucking Gorgeous. Baby, say Sarah Rose Cosmetic Mount Rose American Teen Pageant like a thousand times fast. That is, <laughs> do you think the writers in the room were just l- lulling about that? Like, oh my God, it's so good. They're like, no, it's How Sarah Rose because to... they live in Mount Rose. That's funny. That's funny. Sarah Lee's Sarah Cosmetics, Rose. Mount Rose. American Teen when, Pageant. When did you first come to this movie? Okay, so, yes, so moldy oldie VHS collection, but Original Origins uh, was with my twin brother, John, and our best friend, Robbie, and we, I, and I was trying to tell my mom the story, and I can't remember who the, the lady folk were, but I know that we all had girlfriends. I know that the objective of going to the cinema on this said day was to impress our lady folk, and... <laughs> I don't know who mine was. Mine could have much. I mean, they're all just my best girlfriends anyway. So I wasn't really too up in arms to do. But like it was it was it was really strategic. My mom was going to drop us off to see another fucking classic that came out that year. The Blair Witch Project. And Mm. so, yeah, so we were going to take our you know, we were going to we were teens. We were like 14 at the time. And we were going to go and see the Blair Witch Project during the daytime because my mom was going to do a classic shop. And my, but you had to be 18. And that was when they actually didn't, uh, you know, care about that. And so my mom walked us up to the booth, bought herself a ticket, and then promptly exited as we thought we were the hot shit, like pulling one over on them. And we got our popcorn and we all got situated and we were going to supposed to be see the scariest movie that ever came out. And all of a sudden an usher comes down and he says, I'm sorry, but your parental guardian has just left. You, what a narc. What a narc. And he was like, you can't, you can't see that. And, and of course, we're all so embarrassed. You know, like, the, we were going to be these big studs. Yeah. And so I said to him, okay, what are the other options? And he said, you can either see, right now what's playing, or, that you can actually go in and see is either Muppets in Space mm. or Drop Dead Gorgeous. And I think I quickly stuck up and said, I think that Drop Dead Gorgeous is going to be our best bet. I have heard it's going to be a really good movie. And you want to know what's so funny is this is how you talk about Muppets in I Space know. on the Miss Piggy episode, which we aired last week. I know. So people who are really listening are getting this story twice, twice in a row. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'll never not be able to, because this is my crowning moment. This is, it was my crowning moment about Muppets in Space, which I did not see then. And it's my crowning moment. I, you mentioned Boy Rich Project. <laughs> if you mentioned Drop Dead Gorgeous, I will tell you exactly the origin of how I saw Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, this was, for me, it was like, this movie was big with my uh, community of friends who I made community theater with back in the day. Because I just remember we were so into Waiting for Guffman and the whole mockumentary thing. Mm -hmm. And before I saw the entire movie, we would just watch the Don't Cry Out Loud segment Mm -hmm. over and over. And like my friend Christy, all my girls, Christy, Kathy, and Summer... We would just for- fast forward to that bit. And, like, I remember coming over and just watching that on repeat. 
and actually just mean, laughing our asses it's off. It's one of the worst <laughs> fucking things in the film, and I still can't it's help so myself rude. but laughing. <laughs> it's so, so rude. hard. It's the wig, and it's her flying, doing the Bette Midler um, fly hands, you know? Oh, and also, you know who really sells that moment, though? Is the nurse, the nurse. Pu- pushing her wheelchair? The nurse because like they she gets into this little jog. She gets into the jog like they rehearse it. She's like, and now you're gonna have to pick it up, honey. And so like she just like in the hospital has been rehearsing when them when it needs a little more oomph. I know, I know. Don't cry out loud. Just keep it inside. Learn how to hide your feelings. Fly. Remember you almost had it all. There's so many background actors that make every moment of this film snap into focus and become so hilarious. That's that's magic, baby. That's magic of what this film does. The casting of this film, the directing of this film, the ensemble of mostly women. I mean, there's basically two major men in the film, three major men in the film, but it's really next level. And I would say major being like there is just three kind of men that have some roles in the film. You know, they're right. And and I would say then then also then for me it is it was it was truly that time of the DVDs and the VHSs, and we got my family got this VHS. And again, I introduced it to my family and I was like, we're going to love this. And we all sat around and it's like where you can share pure laughter with these people that you're born with. Do you know that Mm. you all like, and especially for me, I didn't agree with most of them. You know, I didn't share much kind of common interest. And so this thing that we're just howling at and it became a real staple in my household we would watch it over and over again your family loves does bond over really rude humor i mean fart jokes any of it national lampoon's christmas vacation is like the christmas movie that we have to see but yes my family loves that kind of humor and this was my but this was like my film you know this was my for the girls film that like i gotta share because they didn't want i mean my mom my mom was gracious and let me and let me watch all the Bette Miller films, but that wasn't really family. They didn't really want to watch for uh, for the boys with me every. Your mom weekend. was very gracious when I came back from college and forced her to watch The Hours. Yes, and then Cachet. <laughs> Cachet, iconically, yes. But in in the history of it all, this movie was not considered as legendary as we remember it. And as so many gay people around the world remember it, it was actually a big fucking bomb. It was a huge stinker. It was, like I said, all of these movies were coming out. This came out in July and it just got... I kind of remember because I had Entertainment Weekly and so I would look at the box office on that. And I just remember seeing it sitting at a really depressing, like... I don't even know if it cracked. It might have cracked the top ten. It was like eight when it debuted, and then it just plummeted. But it was because of these right. DVDs and these VHS sales. There's this really great author named I'm, I, Gia Tolentino, and mm-hmm. she wrote a really awesome. So this did get a little bit more uh, pickup when people were doing retrospectives in 2019, and she did one for the New Yorker, uh, actually, you know, stating as we're stating right now that this is one of her favorite films. And uh, she writes, offensive for sure, completely awful, really and impossibly deadly. It is also 
irreplaceably hilarious, surprisingly tender, and lavishly, magnificently absurd. Yes. And she calls it a venerated artifact of Y2K camp. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with (laughs) Y2K camp, boo! Y2K camp. Oh, it's everything. And this is, this is, here's my, I think camp now has, I was, I I was, I put this in our doc about how, you remember Nicolas Cage came out that movie Mandy and people were Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is camp perfection. I was like, no, this was made for camp. This was made with camp aesthetics. When you make something uh, directed at uh, a kind of class, you can't, you can't deem something already a classic right when it comes out. I think that that's right. the people. I think that what makes it precious, what makes it this pure, amazing artifact is that it becomes the people's film. It's a small grassroots thing in which a group of your friends, your family, whatever, starts bonding around this thing and celebrating it. And then it just starts spreading. And the, it's, the, it's the weird people who bonded with it. It's the misfits who bonded with it. It's the freaks who saw themselves represented in it. And then once it becomes camp, then everyone claims they like it. You know, it's like, I remember on when Facebook first started, like, and everyone started saying that their favorite film was Waiting for Guffman. And you were like, no one even knew about Waiting for Guffman. Like, it was only theater nerds knew Waiting for Guffman. You know what I mean? Mm. And then we made it a camp classic. And then, like, your sister's boyfriend says that's it. You're like, fuck off. That's like his that smart about. favorite movie. Um, yeah, I hate that. But, you know, and that's the thing I think that we talk about a lot on this podcast is like we love and hold precious or weird little jewels and then we turn them into camp and then the rest of the world declares that it's great. I did. I mean, is, and the world has like embraced this. And now that it's on Purple HBO, more people are embracing it. It came out on Hulu yes. and it came out on Hulu a couple of years ago. So it got this huge, big resurgence. I even went to, I, girl, I went to, I don't think I ever told you this. I went to a live reading of it at Akbar, at the gay bar in, Fuck. in Silver Lake and Jeffrey Self was one of the readers. Like it was, it was a stacked. Who did Jeffrey play? Do you remember? I can't remember. I can't Jeffrey remember. Jeffrey Self was our iconic guest for our Rosie O'Donnell episode in season one. And you can go back and listen to that and you can download it and all of our back catalog and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. But I can tell you just this, uh, just that reading, it was standing room only. It was packed. Like the audience was mm. packed, full of people just wanting to hear this dialogue out loud. This script is so fucking genius. How we're going to do this now is we are going to run for you, or for the girls listeners, we are going to run the Sarah Rose Cosmetic Mount Rose American Teen Drop Dead Gorgeous Retrospective Pageant, where we give out awards to our different divas in the different categories, just like it was a real teen beauty pageant. And really what, it, what this is, this is our For the Girls pageant. This is our For mm-hmm. the Girls Hall of Fame, sweeties. We're going to go through the divas one by one so you all don't miss a moment. In fact, what we really could do is just put the audio up here and let you all understand the truth, the way, and the light of what it means to just laugh. But we're going to do some, oh. we're, we're going to break some stuff down for you. Who's our first queen to the stage? Well, the first, the first category is the veteran queens. That's right. We're starting with the three truly, truly iconic adult women 
who star in this movie. That's right. Bring to the stage. That's right. Kirstie Alley, Ellen Barkin, and Allison motherfucking Janet. Hey, golf clubs, golf clubs. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Is that for me or my gown? So starring in this film, I mean, the lead of this film is Kirstie Alley. I mean... Queen Zenu herself, Veronica herself, Rebecca Howe herself, playing Gladys Lehman, the kind of psychotic mother, stage mother, who is also in charge of running the Mount Rose beauty pageant. Impartial. <laughs> when I'm outside these walls, I am Gladys Lehman, President, Civil Servants. Impartial as the day is long. But I'm in my house now, and I gotta warn you, I'm wearing my wife apron and my mom hat. So I can safely say that I am the mother of the most talented contestant Mont Rose has ever had. Bar none, this is her best role. I, I, I think she lives so high in my head because of Cheers. And I wasn't yes. really there. I wasn't old enough to be watching the Shelley Long version. Shelley Long was the first love interest of Ted Danson. And then she got booted. And that's when Kirstie Alley came in. And I remember, and my dad loved Cheers. So I used to watch that. And so she kind of lived, she took up a lot of space culturally in my head. About at that mm-hmm. point, well, and then there was look who's talking, and then the look, who's, look talking. who's talking too, look who's talking now, look who's talking with the dogs played by Diane Keaton and I think Danny DeVito. Oh no, no, yes, Absolutely. yes, because the baby yes. was like really funky series. If you want to run something that makes you feel really <laughs> uncomfortable when Roseanne comes on as the next baby girl, it's funky town. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, she but did But iconic that. Olympia Dukakis in those mm-hmm, movies, though. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was, a, she had, I, I had, I had given her a lot of goodwill and Veronica's closet was definitely like a little gay boys uh, entryway into, into we camp, should I'll tell you what. We should do that on Patreon. And she was also classic Kathy and Jimmy. I, I know. When I saw Kathy and Jimmy, I'm like, yay, Kathy and Jimmy is back. I was so excited for that. And, and and also something that I keep in my head is that it ran for more than what it actually did, which was only two years. So she was in Veronica's, Veronica's closet in the middle of coming out with this drop dead gorgeous. So for me, mm-hmm. I was I was kind of all guns for Kirstie Alley. I absolutely do not love the queen of Zenu now. I think she's a pile of garbage <laughs> did you know that one of her first her film debut was in star trek 2 the wrath of khan yes. playing vulcan starfleet yes. officer lieutenant savik because yes. i didn't know that until yes. i read the bitch's wikipedia today yes. <laughs> i need to see her as a vulcan we'll like... put that up on our stories too <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, she's been really terrible. Um, she's been a really psychotic kind of Trump supporter. And on January 6th, during the storming of the United States Capitol, Allie supported the mob and she tweeted, war sucks, although sometimes it is necessary. And then she tweeted for all of the patriots to go home because they were in danger. She's, I mean, she's awful. I mean, she's, she, I mean, she's a true human villain, which kind of makes, informs <laughs> this um, mockumentary Drop Dead Gorgeous villain for me, like a lot more sense. Um, but I mean, her performance in this. is perfection. I mean, it's perfect. And we always talk about holding two things in our hands and her performance in this is so fucking good. It's so deranged. It's so centered. It's so her kind of psychotic rage throughout the whole film is 
really centering for me and kind of she kind of holds it together aesthetically in a perfect way. I think that this was not only did it, it fail in the box office, but critics just hated this film. I think they thought like the, a lot of people said there was no jokes and that everything was too broad and everything was pitched to the rafters. And that is true. And that's what makes this so absolutely delicious. But I also think that mm-hmm. Kirstie Alley has such a, has such a grounding for this character that it's impossible to, to not see at least one person, you know, who is this kind of heinous, um, go for the throat mother, you know, this like mm-hmm. scary, scary woman who always has a smile and seems really nice, but then just says awful, awful things to you all the time or only talks about her daughter. Like, I mean, we Nick and I are from the Midwest. So I think that's the other thing. Like I'm from Michigan. We're just next door. So yeah. this is, this is very close. This was a lot of this is what it looked like for me growing up. So watching that as a, as a kind of angsty teenager, Mm-hmm. was like you knew this mom yeah I, I i you know this was a send-up of the life i knew this was a send-up mm-hmm. of the life i was actually actively living so what's your favorite kirsty moment in the, it's, in the movie? this is this i don't like to do this makes me real nervous because okay but just pick one and i will pick one i mean everything when she when she first starts talking about the pageant is i mean oh. I, I actually when i so when i talked to laura my best friend she's like oh so your favorite part is when she says the swan ate my baby. That's the most iconic part, right? That's the line that everyone remembers. The swan ate my baby. I mean, that is that is the Oscar clip. That's the Oscar. If we, <laughs> if, if we were in a just universe where Kirstie Alley was awarded the Academy Award or was at least nominated for this film, this is really what we would get is this really great end of movie villain speech where she explains that she did it all. Oh my God, one my baby. Baby, you know, we gotta go to state. Get out, Becky, baby. You gotta get out of me, you cow. What are you looking at, huh? A whole goddamn town full of losers, that's what I'm looking at! And you! You piece of shit trailer trash, that should have been you in there! Damn it, I should have killed you when I had a chance, just like your little friend. Oh, Timmy was one crispy critter up on that thrasher! Fraser up! But my favorite but, you know, is when she goes to the Mall of America. And I, 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 I still always say... I think they'd have the parking lot of America to go with the Mall of America. And that is... To, like, I will tell you all this. This movie informed, has, still informs so much of my dialogue. I, and you'll see. I'll, I, you're going to hear me say a thousand times. I still say that. I still think that. Every time I go into a parking <laughs> lot, a mall parking lot, which, yes, bitches, I still do. Walking around a mall is still very calming to me. Putting on my walking very shoes, calming. very calming. And I, walking by a gap, you kidding me? <laughs> I melt. But so anytime I go into a parking lot, that's what I say. And in that parking lot is, first off, she tries to park in a handicapped place. And say, I told you I would move the car. It's so vile. And then she gets out and they start asking her about the names of her, the pageant. Wait, 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 wait. What? I think I just thought of the theme. Oh, Proud to be an American. 
So what was the theme of the pageant last year? Oh, that was by American. And the year before that was? USA is A-OK. -okay. And can you remember the theme of your favorite pageant? Can I? <laughs> Amer, I can. <laughs> People ask me where I get this. I don't know, it's maybe a gift from God. Oh, I mean, we're not being my favorite, right? Because this is Oscar level to me. Like this commitment, Absolutely. like you said, this grounding of the film is. Oof. My favorite moment is when she's horny for the young wrestlers. Yeah. Then we have the judges interview. And that's where each girl has a little 10 minute get together with the judges prior to the pageant. Then we have the. Hello, Tony. Hey to the folks. Say hey to the folks. <laughs> Say hey to the folks. It's so gross. It's so wrong. And Kirsty does it so subtly and simply. She is really a, a master comedian. Um, and she unfortunately made a series called Fat Actress that I was obsessed with when it came out. So that was we were I. We're gonna do on the Patreon. But we looked back at it, and let us tell you, it really doesn't age well. This movie also has some problems that we're going to get to, um, and didn't age well, but... It didn't age good then. I even remember being like this. I didn't have the language for it, but I was like, this is a full-blown cheap shot, and this is like real yeah. um, punch-down humor. That actress, yeah. No, even Dr. Gorgeous has punch-down humor that I don't find. Yes. Because I don't, I don't find appealing at all. Because this is... Another movie that came out this year was American Pie. Uh, a movie that right. really doesn't hold up. Holy shit. No. And, and, and it's not a camp classic because of it. I mean, this has more redeeming... There's so many moments where it doesn't punch down and it's redeeming. And you know, honest. Of all and it's the like bad honest shit. too. Like yeah. it's kind of honest. Like it's, there's some honesty in this experience. But this is, uh, for me and for all the teenage girls, for the gays and the teenage girls, this was something that we didn't have. We didn't have this female-centered uh, kind of raucous comedy. They just don't right. make them, you know, like all the Van Wilders and the National Lampoons, blah, fucking blah. This was like, this was this one time shot, you know, and we, and we don't, it's like every 10 years we get, then we get bridesmaids and then every, and then 10 years later we get something else. Like this is right. that rare thing. Yeah. And okay. We are 45 minutes in and we've only covered one deep. <laughs> So we got to keep going. I just want to, I just want to, before we move on from Kirstie Alley, I want to congratulate her on um, achieving Operation Thetan Level 7 and moving to Clearwater, Florida, where I hope she stays. I also congratulate you on being like runner up for Big Brother UK, you piece of shit. Like, oh, she came in 22nd place oh, in Big Brother UK. Oh. And, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> she did so not good. do well. <laughs> so, so good for you. But you also, know what, Kirstie? It, I would still have thrown, I would still, even this day, throw you that Oscar for this performance. You're my everything in here, and I love it. <laughs> so also in this category <laughs> is the great Ellen Barkin as mom. This These, is so beautiful. This is, this, and, and this brings so much heart. This brings so much warmth. This brings, this is honestly, I, so like, yes, like, and I'm, I'm kind of settling into the fact that I do, I think I'd be nothing more than happy. I mean, I was, oof, I was so close to wanting to buy a double wide 20 minutes outside of LA. <laughs> I sent it to my mom 
And I was like, for us. <laughs> and and the thing is, I, I know it is. And but it's but it's me. Can't you see me in a trailer, honey? Can't you see me just glitzed up, glammed out, yes. tan to hell in a fucking trailer community? <laughs> and I do love them. They're just too close. The walls are too thin, and the trailers. Are, so I yeah. maybe want a corner lot, you know, where I get a little bit more mm-hmm. yard. But otherwise, this is my fantasy: being a hairstylist and a trailer. You kidding me? Are you kidding me? Absolutely. All that kitsch. Oh my gosh! Do you know I love that she? About... Do you know that she took six years off of her career because she married a billionaire? Yes, I did, and it ended really badly. Iconic, still so iconic. Yes, yeah, iconic. Billion <laughs> that marrying a billionaire icon six years off from your career. What's your favorite Ellen Barkin moment in this movie? Uh, okay. First off, I, so I this 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 is some of the stuff where I get most of my lines from. But I just learned a new one, and I put it I put it at the beginning, which is calling uh, old home the the bone. What is the bone gardens? Oh, my daughter's at the Amber's at the bone gardens. I love it. That's not an old folks home. That's I mean, the no, no, Undertaker. no, Undertaker. Sorry, because what she calls an old folks home, not her. All of every single scene of her in the hospital is the most perfect thing. I mean. When it when it, we find out that she because she gets blown out of a trailer, and she gets a beer can s- soldered on to her hand, and she says, "I just put on, I just ruined a good set of Lee press on nails." I mean, this woman is my idol, and she and she's ta- she's like telling her daughter, telling her daughter that she really has to shape up, and that you know she would do. Anything, you know, uh, uh, to get out of this place, and she says, "Like, look here, look at me." You want to look like you've been rode hard and put away wet when you're my age? I'm a lifer here. Best thing I got to look forward to is end up in some decent raisin ranch where they change me twice a day. Calling an old home a raisin ranch? I swear to God, I love to impress people with that because no one's ever heard of it before. And so when I throw that down, they say what? And I explain it to them. And it's so crude and awful that no one really knows how to respond to me. It's my favorite. I mean, it's so, Isn't it, it is the very moving scene? though that, that scene because she's like I nothing is going to happen to me in this life but something might happen for my daughter mm. and that's all I live for it's so beautiful my favorite moment though is how her first line which is when she sees the camera crew and she says if they ask you to take your top off get the money first also <laughs> so so you know what this film does so fucking expertly and, and is that they that like I said, every person, what makes these films really work is the reaction shots and people's responses yeah. to things. And when she goes to see her daughter and all of the teens who we're going to get to at, at the pageant, she's on pills. Like she is on a bunch of pain pills and she mm-hmm. is literally lit to fuck. And like, um, and Allison Jennings, like, I hope this thing ends before they do the pain pills because <laughs> Ellen Birkin is just like, <laughs> totally freaking out during the whole thing but it's her responses to what we're to the chaos that we're seeing on the stage that informs everything everything you know like it's it's yeah. so perfect it's her her starting to laugh at how ridiculous 
the show is gives us the in to start laughing. I love when that happens. Yes. I love when we get clued in and then we're like, oh my gosh, this like yes, in real time they're experiencing. You're allowed. Yeah, you're allowed because they're they're not acting like this is normal. They know that this is bad shit crazy. And that makes it so much more real, you know? Also, also yes. I would say MVP scene is when she's trying to open her beer with her claw. And mm. anytime I do anything very small, I always say, I did it. I did it. Because <laughs> it takes her about 10 minutes. And she finally just hooks it into the side of the can to pour it out in the glass. And like, I just, oh, I just want to live in this. I just want to. <laughs> I did it. And she's so and happy. also her re- her relationship with Alice and Janney is so beautiful. So that's our third diva in this category. Alice and Janney, fucking queen of acting. That She's really the every actor's favorite actor. It's kind of funny because you don't know in the film that she's actually going to take up so much space and have mm-hmm. to kind of kind of actually take kind of have to come up and kind of be the only other really adult that's get the mom she takes over the mom she role. takes over the mom she takes over Kirstie Alley goes away at some point this movie just kind of careens this movie has no ending which I'm obsessed with like it just keeps going I remember watching it and being like well that was a short film and then it oh, it's not jogging. over yeah yes and I mean Alice and Janney really rules it has the most memorable lines for me in the entire film oh when Amber runs to the trailer park and Mom, 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 Mom. Mom. Hey, 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 family. Oh no, she's just screaming, Mom, Mom, because she's got Tourette. She's a Mets kid, Mom, dipshit. Okay. She's alive, sweetie. She's right over there. <laughs> also, with there, oh, a, a moment we forgot, we didn't mention with Kirstie Alley when Kirstie Alley comes onto the stage and she is wearing the culottes that she wore. Still fits. Uh, for the pageant. <laughs> and Allison Janney says, She had a big ass then, she's got a big ass now. <laughs> it's so, but I love her just like really frank and beautiful. Her character Loretta has such like honest, good advice. And it's kind of the frankness and the honesty of this movie that makes it such a fun and unpretentious favorite. But at the end, near the end, when Amber, uh, Kirsten Dunst gets to take over the title because Denise Richards has been eaten by a swan, she she says, Kiki says, I don't know. I just didn't want to win like this. You stop right there. You are a good person. Good things happen to good people. No, it's pure bullshit, sweetie. You're lucky as hell, so you might as well enjoy it. Let's get you a root beer float. Okay. You guys want some shots? I'm buying. And like she's always trying to get, she's always trying to hook up with the people uh, who are uh, filming, who are the documentarians. That first scene when she's getting her hair done uh, and by Amber's mom, by Ellen Burstyn, and then they're just, or Ellen Burstyn, Ellen, don't you want to say Ellen Burstyn? I do. Okay. Um, When she's getting her hair done and that interaction between her and her best friend and her trying to talk up Amber and them being like, no, if you keep talking, we're going to get killed. Dynamic. And then her leaving the trailer and being like, can one of you boys give me a ride home? Don't fall far. She lives two trailers down. So be real easy. Go on home, Loretta. Come on. Go on. Go on. The party's over. Her response, her instant response, oh, then it'll be real quick. Just to drive her down is so. Also, this is another. Oh. So again, I'm telling you everything. I'm gonna everything. I everything I do is because of this movie. Um, uh, anytime I, anytime I, anytime I have you know uh, 
well, as they say, anyone I've slept with is a boyfriend. So anytime I have an interaction with a boyfriend, I always will call someone and say, got some. <laughs> Do you remember that? Got some. Do you remember that when she's on camera? Because at the very end, and they're like, say hi to mom. Yes. She's like, I got some. <laughs> oh, God bless you for still thinking I could. God bless you for still thinking don't ever so who do you give food Loretta never have kids well god love you for thinking I still could <laughs> she's just so dry and frank who are you giving the award to in our first award at our own beauty pageant well I also here? just want to say Allison Janning has said that she gets asked about this movie more than anyone more than any project she's ever done People will come up yes. to her more than the West Wing. And she, and she also says that she spent a lot of time in the Mall of America to get that accent down and to, kind of to get the relationships oh. down. So, yeah, she says that this was this was one of her biggest films. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with people like that. This is the thing that she's known for and gets to be celebrated for. I love you, Allison Janney. Yes. Who is? I love okay, you, who Allison wins? Who wins the crown? You go, babe. Who wins yeah. the crown? I mean, I think it's Kirsty's I think it's Kirstie's movie. I think it's Kirstie's Oscar. I think it's Kirstie has to win this one. I mean, this is really her last hurrah. Ellen Barkin and Allison Janney go on to really beautiful careers, and Kirstie goes on to Trump world and Phaeton levels. So I'm just going to give it to her. Um, I've watched this movie so many times I could recite it in my sleep. And but I now I'm now picking up on the background noises. So when, um, when she's Ellen's in the hospital and her hand is burnt and she screams that she would kill someone for the nicotine off of her fingers and she screams, you hear that, Loretta? <laughs> in the background, you can just hear Allison Janney go, Amber, I am reaching the point where I would kill someone for the nicotine under their fingernails. You hear me, Loretta? Okay. You betcha, gotcha. And I was like, that is expert work. That is expert work. I am now literally having. <laughs> I am now literally having to pick up on background noises to get anything else I can get from this film. And that is so specific and, and excellent. So for me, I just to be different, I'm going to give it to Allison Jennings. I think she just, she just kind of, she's constantly gliding on this film uh, and giving you every moment that you ever need, giving you that heart and giving you, and just never, never overselling the line. It's always pitched perfect. It's pitched yeah, right down true. the middle. And so, so she, she, she could be overlooked because it's that excellent. Also, like, her spray tan and that big hair and that Las Vegas shirt. I mean, she's just, she's the trash I dream to be tomorrow. So I give it to you, <laughs> Alice and Jenny. Alice and Jenny. Okay, next category is Are you all Miss still Teen listening? Princess. Are you still listening to this <laughs> Are podcast? you still here? <laughs> We're now on to the teens. Oops. <laughs> Okay, in this in this category, we have where's my notebook? Kiki Dunce as Amber Atkins, Denise Richards as Rebecca Ann Lehman, Amy Adams as Leslie Miller, and Brittany Murphy as Lisa Swenson. We're just focusing on the main girls. Right now we're gonna get to the other. I'm gonna start with Amy Adams, because this is Amy Adams' first picture. Yes, it's her debut. Her debut. It's her. It's very much so her debut. She is. She's another one. Another one that is not. She's. She's terrific in this. She kind of doesn't play the Amy Adams character that you would think she would play. I. I watched this and then I remember no. watching Junebug. 
you know, years later. Oh, and Junebug was everything to me. Wasn't that, that movie. everything? I wonder how it holds up, but it was everything to me, too. I was like, talent, talent, talent. I can't wait. Also starring the great Celia Weston, who would have been a great addition to this movie. Oh, I can't believe she... I can't... I, I'm, I'm sure, like, Margot Martindale... Did they give you a shiver? Uses, yeah, shiver. I'm sure, like, Margot and, and Celia are like, don't you ever mention that movie in front of us. <laughs> you will be excommunicated if you mention the movie that we were absolutely 100% perfect supposed to for. Play. Um, but so, uh, so Amy Adams is just this kind of sex pot, um, amazing. I think her best moment is when the camera crew is like, hey, are you nervous? And she turns around and she's like, oh, yeah, really nervous. It's been about two months. I haven't told my boyfriend yet. How did you know? I meant nervous about the pageant. Oh, nervous about the pageant. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite Amy Adams moment is when she jerks off her, the Washington Monument that's attached <laughs> to her head. That's so vile. Isn't that so crude? I mean, she just takes this one joke of, like, a girl who just likes to have sex a lot and just shows us infinite variation with it. And I was just watching it being like, you're going to go on to do Arrival and Big Eyes and all these amazing performances. I... One of the things with that is that, as crude as it is, all of these girls seem to be in on it. There's no leering. This was written... Um, oh gosh, yes. I have to get who this was written by. Can you tell me? Well, do you want to know who it was written by? Who? You're going to freak out. It was written by Lana Williams, who plays the silent third judge. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> Isn't Lana, that amazing? This was, this was, so this was written by Lana. Yes, bitch. Oh, because that's a, because she's coming up. So this was written by Lana Williams, and this was this was her experience uh this was she was really writing from her experience of uh uh you know and kind of doing a satire and a send-up of uh being being raised in the midwest and i really think that Mm -hmm. that shows and i really think that 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 there's no real leering at these at these girls and there seems to be pure joy in all of these performances they seem to be having like a like a real kind of as if they, they really get to create this person and then it's a delight. Like, it's it's a delight. You know, I never feel skeeved. Right. Uh, by, like, what the camera or what the angle is doing. It's like, she this is she's honest and this is just what she is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Brittany Murphy. Uh, I, I've got to push you through this. <laughs> I've got to push you through this. push me off Brittany a cliff Murphy. because here I go. Brittany Murphy <laughs> is my queen. <laughs> she is my queen. I, the, the, the two punch of Clueless and then this, I thought she was everything on Clueless. I thought she was so delight. And then when I saw this, I was on the Brittany Murphy train. Who, who, I was writing it so hard. Is Girl Interrupted the same year? Yes. Wow. The range, the range of Brittany Murphy, the power of Brittany Murphy. She has so little to work with in this. Her only joke is that her brother is a drag queen and that she wants to move to New York and she loves Broadway. And, and- <laughs> Have you decided what your talent is going to be again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna sing and dance to New York, New York. I just fell in love with the Big Apple last summer when I was visiting my brother Peter there. He followed his dream all the way to New York. Mm. But then she decides to add in a laugh that will tickle you uh-huh. to no end. She just starts laughing. 
I don't, I don't want to see this. <laughs> and the, clearly the camera's not going to cut and she's not going to stop. And anything she says is like, in her mind, the funniest thing. And honestly, when she shows her brother in drag, it was one of my first exposures to that. It was like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a gay mention. Brittany Murphy's doing a gay mention. And like, Brittany Murphy, mm-hmm. in my mind, Brittany Murphy loves the gays. Like, she gets it. She gets us. Like, yeah. she wants to. Yeah, that's how I thought too. <laughs> Here's Peter. As Liza. <laughs> Here's him as Madonna. As Barbara. I was I was so so happy. She's also she also really brings the heart at the end, uh, where she gives her costume mm-hmm. to Amber. And she's like, I'm not yeah. she's like, I'm not I'm not gonna win this. Everyone knows I'm not gonna win this. And she knows that that you And you know they only had me because Peter needed that kidney. It is beautiful. I love her in this. Denise Richards, the queen, the, the our Beverly Hills housewife. Bravo, 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 Denise Richards. Yeah, it's funny that she's been in our in our uh in our TVs in this very certain way. I'm so happy she's on a soap because that Beverly Hills is dark, dark, dark. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put but I, I wouldn't have anyone watch our Denise on that because there's something, you know, it's kind of spooky to, to what what she's kind of seemingly going through or what's behind the eyes. But you know what? She's making that soap money. I'm so happy. She is a delicious villain. I think it's very strange that there was wild things before this. Y'all remember that salacious wild things with Nev Campbell? And Kevin Bacon's peeny. I'll never forget that peeny. Saw it about a thousand, thousand, thousand times. I worked with Kevin Bacon this year and it was really weird because I, the entire time was thinking, I've seen your dick. I know what it looks like. I, I, and I very much know what it looks like frozen on a VHS copy of wild things. Um, <laughs> but Denise Richards is, I think she's the, she's, She's the villain. She's, you know, Chrissy Alley's daughter, Becca Ann Lehman. Is this my mark? Hi, I'm Rebecca Lehman, and I believe this pageant is an important experience for every young woman. It, well, it teaches you what's really important in life, and it has the power to change you in ways you've never dreamed of. She's she's perfect. I mean, she's she's just. What's your she, favorite moment? What's my favorite moment? I love when she talk. I love when she's when she's trying to flirt with the um, hot like football player, and she's like, Yeah, well, maybe Friday then. A bunch of us were gonna go cow tipping. <laughs> it's like a fun. <laughs> It's like a fun outing in, for, in, in Minnesota. I also love the cat fight where she's like, Well, as my mother says, it's Sunday dinner. Come and get it. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite moment, which is just next level to me, is her answer about what tree she would be and why. Oh, oh, oh. One with strong roots in a community like Mount Rose, a solid Christian trunk, and long leafy branches to provide shade for handicapped kids on a hot summer day. It's just like all of it is so perfect. Yeah, it's actually that whole thing, her, her whole interview section, because they give her the most time to kind of <laughs> do, like get the real responses, because Kirstie Alley's framed it so that her daughter gets to answer all of these like really vapid questions. And it's perfect. And then Kiki Dunst, our queen, hey, our queen. You should have started me on this because I now I have to rev and I have to rev the engine back up. I have to pump me back up for this one because can you believe it? She is a shining supernova. She is so relaxed in this. She is I I so relaxed. Hi. 
I'm Amber Adkins, and I'm signing up because um, my two favorite people in the whole world competed in pageants. My mom and Diane Sawyer. <laughs> of course, I hope I end up a little more like Diane Sawyer than my mom. Watching what she, watching what she does in every moment when yeah, and that scene when her mom goes and she says, uh, you know you know, get paid before you take your top off and go and get my smokes. And then there's just the moment where she just kind of recoils and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, is, and is embarrassed. And she really looks embarrassed. Like she gets a little blush on her face. My moment is Her tap when... dancing at the morgue. Come on, bitch. Her doing oh. a tap dance and putting the makeup on at the morgue is everything. <laughs> Can, we can't play that. But... My favorite moment is when she's flirting with uh, the cute, uh, football player guy as she's working at the cafeteria and she has this perfect she's able to mix the sweet and the darkness so perfectly i'm not really busy on friday i was just saying that you know i know well uh if you wanted to do something then oh yeah know. yeah sure you bet oh crap i probably gotta work at the funeral home we're real busy this time of year Honey, Honey season. season. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm caught. I love when but, she gets the dress when she, cause like after everything burns up and then someone gives her a dress and she's like, oh my gosh, she's, cause she's obsessed. The character's obsessed with Diane Sawyer and she's like, oh my God, it's just like Diane Sawyer's. Yeah? Oh, of course it's not a size 10. Diane was a little hippie back then. Not our girl. Oh no. <laughs> Another iconic Loretta moment. Not our girl. Her and Loretta are so sweet and so fun. And it's such a family. There's such a dynamic that's also so honest when you have these aunties that have taken care of you and they're they're always at I the know. house. It makes me think of your mom. Oh. Like it just makes me think of like my mom's best friend, like being like basically your aunt, basically like your next mom, your second mom. And it's so beautiful, I, their relationship. I, I think this is every I think Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst is just absolutely so crazy stellar in this film. I was supposed to go first. I was contestant number one. That light was meant for my head. If Janelle hadn't wanted to go first, I owe my life to that deaf baby. And also, if you want to explore further Kirsten Dunst's fucking oeuvre, what are we doing on the Patreon this week, babe? Well, yes, we are doing... So, so I was so excited for this. Um, and it's not that much of her, but we, but these are some of my favorite episodes, which by the way, I don't, have I, did I already say this on this episode that I have a new saying? What? Let go, let God. And, uh, <laughs> and I really, and I sometimes see now that I say it, I'm going to say it a thousand times cause I believe it and it's in my heart. And that's because I watched touched by an angel and I really do feel touched. Everything I do is angel based. Now I'm buying a bunch of ceramic mm -hmm. angels. I just bought a nightlight mm -hmm. angel. Like I, you're working on having an Irish accent. Yep. 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 Monica Tess, that, that Andrew angel of death, give it to me all. So that's right. We are doing Retouched by an Angel on the Patreon starring Kiki Dunst in her one episode of Touched if by an Angel. If this three hour plus uh, main that we're doing right now <laughs> hasn't convinced you to go to the Patreon where I just ramble at the mouth, I don't know what <laughs> else will. Can I tell you that I am actually surprised that Amber Atkins has is not on your cat name list or that you don't have a tattoo on your body that says wow. Amber Atkins? Wow. 
<laughs> amber is just just amber is really hot. Like a faded amber, like where like I tried to get it like scrubbed mm-hmm. off or something. I think it would be you know like an oops tattoo, like an oops date <laughs> that I committed too much. Yes. Okay, so who are you giving the award to, my boo? Who are you? Who is your queen of the teen queens? I can't. I mean, I can't. I I I would get my card revoked. I would become a straight person if I don't say Kiki. I mean, I just can't. <laughs> She's everything. She's every single shot. Her her dancing, her brightness, her joy, her impeccable timing. Uh, you know, I mean, she, this is, she's the character. She's the main that doesn't get the jokes. You know what I mean? Like she's, yeah, she's the straight, she's the straight, the quote unquote straight woman on this. I mean, like the question that they give her in the, in, uh, the question and answer is to literally name every single state and spell it alphabetical in alphabetical order. And her face where she's just in utter shock (laughs) at like the cruelty is so fucking perfect. Alabama. A-L-A-B-A-M-A, Alaska, A-L-A-S-K-A, Arizona, A-R-I-Z-O-N-A. I mean, I just think she's, she maybe doesn't have like all of the number, no, she does. She has so many good uh, I mean, when she tells when she's when after her mom gets blown up in the trailer park and she and she gets put into the ambulance and she says, Mom, Mom, I'll be right behind you in the hearse, okay? Don't let that worry you, Annette. <laughs> it's just, I just, it's perfect. It's so. Oh, oh, you know my favorite scene. I'm sorry. No, you don't. No, you don't get to tell me to stop now. This is what I really always say. I truly, 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 truly do because I don't eat seafood. I know better. I don't touch seafood. I won't. And I, what I always tell people when they ask me why is... Oh, I don't eat shellfish. Ma always says, don't eat anything that can carry its house around with it. Who knows the last time it's been cleaned. And if you watch this movie, it's true. Also, if you listen to our Patreon, you said that last week on Patreon. Shit. <laughs> I don't have that much going on. I just have this and like... <laughs> A cat. And this a cat. Okay. And some de- fucking decorations. I'm, I'm gonna agree with you on. I'm gonna agree with you on Kiki. I'm gonna agree yeah. with you on Kiki. I love all four of these girls, but Kiki really deserves. I would give Kirstie Alley best actress, and I would give Kiki Dunst best supporting actress. <laughs> I would put them in that category because Kiki was young at the time. <laughs> Kiki, like the fact that she has an egotted is so crazy to me. But she does have a Jane Campion movie coming up called The Power of the Dog. With her husband and with Francis Conroy. <gasps> and so maybe we're going to get that Oscar for Kiki on that. I'm really excited okay. for that. Next oh, okay. category is actress in a minor role. This, as we told you, is filled with amazing, amazing character actresses that we just can't say enough good things about. Okay, the contestants are... Mindy Sterling, Iris Clark, Mary Gillis, Glorious Klingenhagen. Lana Williams, Lana Williams, Jane. Alexandra Holden as Mary Johansson. You've got Sarah Stewart as Janelle Betts, who's the signing queen. <laughs> You've got Molly Howard, played by Tara Redepening, who really has one of the rudest jokes in the whole it's thing. It's awful, it's vile. <laughs> When she says her thing about atomic power. When she has that atomic power on her head and she's being adopted. <laughs> by a Japanese by family. Japanese it's so, family. it's, it's so, so bad. But it's so <laughs> funny. It's such a, it's such a terrible joke. Atomic power 
makes me, Molly Howard, proud to be an Asian American. <laughs> There's so many terrible, awful jokes. Who's your? But you know who you you know who you did not even mention. Who is my fucking MVP? Mindy Sterling, Iris Clark. That's your MVP. No, that is not my MVP. Why do you act like you know what I'm going to say when you who? don't? Tell it. Say it then. Connie Rudrud, played by <laughs> Kirsten Rudrud. You know who that is? Is that the, is that the librarian? She's the lady who sells the pork products oh, on TV. Favorite. I was going to think, I was thinking about including her. Competing for the title of Minnesota's American Teen Princess sure was exciting, but I never could have won without my St. Paul pork products. I've been enjoying St. Paul pork products for years. I grew up right next to these stockyards. It's still the same family-run business that Walter and Vera Pilarski started in 1920 when they raised and slaughtered their first pig. Mmm. Oh, I just love St. Paul pork products. In fact, I love them so much, I work here now. It's the greatest cameo I've ever seen. I love that they barely changed her name from her real name. She is my whole you life. Yo, peep eating like a like a kind of a raw dog because I people don't even know that. <laughs> I'll take out a raw dog from a fridge, squirt some ketchup on it, and just <laughs> snark that down. It's it's That's cooked a meat. Darkness. It's cooked meat. Who cares? That's and so a darkness. her just nom nomming on some dogs with like that bloody apron. Everything. Perfection. The whole world. I also love uh, Janelle Betts, the sign language queen. I am sorry. Anyone getting hit in the head with a fallen writing <laughs> instrument? I rewound it five times. I tell you it's what, so funny. I tell you what, I just had to watch it this morning. That was one of the scenes. I was like, <laughs> I just want to play this again because, and I was like, they just dead shot it. They just like, they just like frame it right up and just let you just see her like direct hit. Oh my god. Boom. Oh, oh, the darkness of and the dark. Also, God, dark comedies are so fun. I miss them so much. This is like this dark Ionesco-like version of America. It is. It really is. Like your girl from the New Yorker said, it is flirting with the absurd in such a beautiful way. But also, like fuck Fight Club, showing the world to come. This is showing Trump's America, like as it's evolving so well, and really painting the darkness of like what capitalism is like what outsourcing is what our relationship to women and their bodies is and such how hard it is way. to get it's anywhere beautiful. like literally how hard it is yeah. like, if you're not the richest family in the world you know in in the town you can't, you can't get, get anything, anything. And if you want to get out of a small town and like become a news anchor oh i don't know maybe you're gonna have to survive a mass shooting so, oh, so that's a good lead way into who gets miscongeniality <laughs> for you. Well, did you know that the you know that the mass shooting scene at the end when Kirstie Alley is shooting everybody from the roof of a supermarket? Come on out, you little blonde piece of trailer park trash! They originally shot that that the former Mount Rose American Team Princess Iona Hildebrandt, who is the librarian was shooting everybody from the roof. Whoa. And Kirsty commits suicide for having killed her daughter 
but they reshot it because test audiences didn't like that for some reason. Weird. And so they reshot it to have Kirsty be shooting people. But like a mass shooting joke too. It's really yeah. ahead of its time and it feels a bit icky now. But but that's how Kiki becomes. Have you ever had Ludafish? I don't even know Lutherans. <laughs> Have you, you ever don't? met? I don't know. I was trying. I don't remember there being. Yeah, a my Lutheran friend Pearl. Church. My friend Pearl's family was Lutheran, okay. and they were were very very strict and not super excited when she came out as a gay person. Yeah, they don't seem that in, fun. But I had like the Baptist no, church. I had the Pentecostal church in my town. Methodist. I didn't really know that many Lutherans. Oh yeah, the Lutherans are hardcore. Um, who is my? Okay, so out of all of these, who is my miscongeniality? I I told you, yeah, Kirsten Redrud. Christian Rudrod. Yep. I mean, that's, I died. That's a perfect pick. I'm so jealous of you. I just love St. Paul pork products. I think Lana Williams as Jane really emulates the horror that we're watching and like the nastiness of the film as just the silent participant in, in, in this world. So. Oh, you mean the judge who doesn't say anything? Jane, yeah. The director. Yeah. I'm always looking at her as just being like, yeah. The way that you literally appear right now is how we're all feeling at watching we this movie. We all feel. She's just like oh, just appalled. Awful. She's just appalled and just and like disgusted that she's even. She's one of. They have her be one of the judges, and she doesn't ever even speak. And it's the woman judge who never speaks too, mm-hmm. which is this amazing. There are really some serious flops. There's a um um a neurodivergent uh, person who. Uh, who back you know back in the nineties that's what that was huge uh the r word was constantly thrown around, and those people were just played for absolute jokes which is which was not a hit then and it's just abhorrent as as abhorrent now um not funny not funny there's eating disorder jokes that are ah uh, kind of funny we covered yeah um, <laughs> that are really rough. That are really rough. Um, yeah, there's a lot of rough stuff in this. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I'm glad you're saying that because I'm America not celebrating this whole film. America is rough. And this film, yeah, it's it's dark humor and it go and it can punch down and go for the bottom. And some things aren't really aren't cute, but... Right. But, oh, I will nominate two more for Miss Congeniality as minor characters in this that I had forgotten about. Because I hadn't seen this film in about 10 years. Mo Gaffney and Nora Dunn. Aren't they fun? Aren't they? So They're fun? so fun. They pl- they play like the the Nash the state the heads of the state competition when Amber gets to go to state. They actually really remind me of us in Palm Springs. Oh yeah, isn't that the dream? When <laughs> just like four margaritas in and just speaking our truth all over the place. When our entire philosophy with his glass, I can look at it and say it's half full. Which in the beauty pageant biz means, where the hell is my waiter? <laughs> Stop with the freaking Marco Polo. I'll come over there and rip your fat little heads off. Uh, when they, all the girls start barfing because they did eat that tainted seafood and they're running around and trying to like duck from the puke. They're like, call an ambulance. <laughs> an ambulance, call a priest for Christ's sake. Nora's so good. I literally shouted Mo Gaffney at the TV because I love Mo Gaffney so much. Talk about a great follow on Twitter. Follow fucking Mo Gaffney. Does she give you the giggles? She is. 
Well, she's just giving me like, you know, she's going to change the world with her, you know, liberal middle of the road tweets all the time. But I just love her. Her heart's always in the right place. And she always makes a good joke. I could have gone down farther on this because they're who run the Sarah um, Rose Cosmetics. And it and, and they really do start getting into how the corruption of these pageants and how mm-hmm. um, sponsor, Ill, like sponsored and ill sponsored they are and how kind of what a racket it really is. So I I, yeah. I like I I was like ooh I could have done just a whole nother film in this honestly okay what's your I mean I think that what, I, what, what's my what's what? your favorite performance <laughs> what's your we're, we're still not done what is your favorite performance <laughs> of the pageant let's just we don't have to run through them you just say yours and my favorite performance of the pageant is most definitely don't cry out loud oh period the end period the end don't cry out loud is everything to me. I know it's not cool. We talked about it earlier, but it's just, I can watch it again. It makes me laugh so much. Don't cry out loud. Just keep it inside. Learn how to hide your feelings. Fly high and proud. When Denise Richards does a, a choreo dance with Jesus on the cross... With a spoken word intro, because she obviously can't sing. With a spoken word intro. I do have a special fellow in my life. And if nobody minds, I'd like to sing a little song just for him. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Oh, shit. You'd be like heaven to touch I want to hold you so much at long last love has arrived and I thank God I'm alive you're just too good to be true can't take my eyes off of you and then rips his hands from the cross to wrap around her shoulders is my all-time bee's knees. The most I don't remember watching with my parents. I was just like enjoy about how inappropriate and vile this was, and that my parents are also under like that is just some specific wrongness right there. That is and it's like and I love things when they're when they're good intentioned, when it's like, oh, I'm gonna do a dance with Jesus and it's just so fucking deeply she's in her poodle skirt. It's just so stupid and inappropriate. But the best is when she like then takes the cross like she is Jesus and has to like carry it off the stage. Mm-hmm. Like she does like the stations of the cross <laughs> she off. Sure does. It's just iconic. <laughs> It's oh oh, and I'll tell you one of the things that lit my family up over and over, and this is what we would rewind, is when they're doing the group dance on the newly painted um, uh, step stools, and so they're just getting Ugh. paint on their bodies. I mean, that I just I remember my family just rolling. It's also with the turp when they have the turpentine mm-hmm. to get it all out off at the end. They're just covering themselves in turpentine. And the secret That's the weapon, kind of shit we did in the nineties. Did you ever use secret weapon Vaseline on your teeth? No, babe. I didn't go. I wasn't in pageants, okay, though. I don't know if that was a, because I did use Vaseline, but not for my teeth, and I still can't smell petroleum jelly. I can't. <laughs> oh, really? Because yes, it brings me back. You can't have sex with it in a pinch. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. It was. I couldn't. <laughs> it's too too youth based for me. I okay. Gotta, 
I have a little secret weapon of my own. Shh, don't tell. Oh, God. oh, well, thank you all for, I mean, if you're still Wait, are, here. No, we're not done. Anyone... We're not done. Okay, I Nick says that I'm, I'm done. I don't feel done. <laughs> so if you want to go over to my new podcast where I just don't stop talking about Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> and I, I'm going to break down every single scene. Uh, you can do that over there. Um, but we are going to go, because I thought you were going to love this. Because Nick's, Nick's, Nick's really wanted to do a Mary Tyler Moore episode. And I'm really excited for I it, am. too. I guess we're we're going to do it this season. You heard it here first. If you made it to the end of this episode, you also <laughs> Good get luck. special tea. Good fucking luck. Um, but I, were you so happy that there was this like kind of punk cover of Joan with Joan Jett? Of... Yes. Oh, fuck. I know. It was so 90s. It was so perfect. Well, it's also such a nod to Amber Atkins and wanting to be a journalist and Mary Tyler exactly. Moore and just growing up like that. That was our mom's feminist idol. And then this movie is giving us new feminist idols and having Joan Jett do it over like that. It's just like really reclaimed it for the 90s. You know, it has that angry, angsty 90s vibe that we were all rocking and smoking our cigs to in our cars. We're going to go out on that. You can get the, they have a kind of cobbled soundtrack on Spotify, but that's what we're going to go out on. We're back, babies. We're so happy to be back with you. We're going to be here every week giving you fresh content and then additional episodes every Thursday on the Patreon, patreon.com front slash for the girls podcast. It's seven bucks. It helps us make this podcast. If you enjoy this, you're going to help us by just subscribing over there too. Also rate review and um, download and write reviews of this podcast. Write them in the voice of Loretta from Drop Dead Gorgeous. Wouldn't that be amazing? Absolutely. We love you, Battle Angels. We love you. Take the world on with a smile this week. Bye.